Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's the fact, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love tiny people. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a ah! And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Simple prank. And it was harmless. I would never hurt an animal at all, ever. And I didn't know that it was the neighbor's goat because it was always at my cousin's house. So the fact that charges got pressed and now I'm facing felony charges is a little ridiculous, I think. I don't know what her intent was. You know, based on the investigation, the deputy certainly felt it was enough probable cause, enough information to charge her with what she is charged with. What is she being charged with? Painting a goat. Actually, she's being charged with animal cruelty, but there. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Uh, woman faces felony charge after stealing neighbor's goat and painting it. <laughs> Again, she didn't paint a goat. She painted a goat. <laughs> <laughs> what did she paint it? A cow? She, she officials say she took her neighbor's goat and painted it without permission. This 34 do you mind year old, if I paint your goat? See, that's all that was required. That's all she had to do. One simple, polite question. Just a courtesy. A 34-year-old woman arrested for the crime. Um, a felony. The theft of any livestock is a misdemeanor, so she gets charged with that. Bond set at $6,000. Deputies say she removed the goat from her neighbor's property and brought it to her house to show her child. They say at some point she decided to paint the animal and post the photos to social media. Uh, when the She's, goat's owner discovered the animal was missing, uh, they called different neighbors and said, what did they say to the neighbors? Have you seen my goat? Uh, is what they said to him. And uh, neighbors said, I've seen photos of your goat painted on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. This is a terrible story or something. I don't know. I don't think it is. The goat's going to be fine, the probably, goat is, right? It's, just, it's perfectly fur. okay. Yeah, it, the goat appears to be fine. It's a cute <laughs> little goat. Me. I'm not exactly sure what the... I like the fact that she had to post bonds so she didn't, you know, skip town on that goat painting charge. <laughs> Go on the lamb, live the rest of her life on the run from the law. And uh, I like the somebody captured the screen of the Fox 10 there, wherever this was, uh, Alabama. Um, and the picture of the goat and then the crying underneath that says, painted goat leads to felony charges. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good headline. That's good journalism. Hey, now that I know what happened, can we hear that clip again? It was a simple prank, and it was harmless. I would never hurt an animal at all, ever. And I didn't know that it was the neighbor's goat because it was always at my cousin's house. So the fact that charges got pressed and now I'm facing felony charges is a little ridiculous, I think. I don't know what her intent was. You know, based on the investigation, the deputy certainly felt it was enough probable cause, enough information to charge her with what she is charged with. She doesn't sound like a menace to me. Um, yeah, yo, you're going to be whistling a different tune when your goat is an unnatural color. <laughs> Tell you what, if somebody painted my dog, I'd be pretty pissed off. I don't remember how I came across this the other day. Uh, 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 at what age are you officially old? They have, according to science, they also have, according to um, just surveys of people. And then, of course, the surveys 
vary depending on how old you are when you're asked. Obviously. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously. In fact, I can give you a pretty good example of that. Young people, for instance, not surprisingly, um, have a much different view of it than, than yeah, older. 28. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> when asked about youth, millennials said that youth ends at age 40. You're no longer young after age 40. And eh, that might be about right. Um, Gen Xers and boomers took a different view, believing that youth is over by age 31. <laughs> Gen Xers and boomers. Huh, okay. That's interesting. Older you, folks had the lower you know what? number. Okay, boomer. I'm fine with saying that. Yeah, 30, youth and youth? about 30. Grow up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And get yeah, a job. Fly right. right to, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Pay your taxes. The silent generation believes youth ends at 35. Huh. Okay, so now I get this, the way this is being looked at. Millennials actually have an older age. They're like, no, I can keep... Uh, getting drunk every night and playing video games and living off my parents till I'm 40. I'm still young. The older crowd is saying, nah, 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 nah. You're, you're, you're already, uh, you need to get, get your life going at, at like 30. Huh. I'm sure the crowd that had their third kid at age 24 thinks that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, then when they ask, um, what old age is, Pew Research Center, Found that those under 30 believe old age hits before you turn 60. 57 is the age. Oh, old age hits. Yeah. Middle-aged respondents cite 70 as the start of old age. While those older than 65, and this is probably the crowd to ask because they know, Mm. they say it's around 74. That is the crowd to ask. They know when old age hits. My parents know when old age hits. I was talking right. to my dad about it the other day. It's not yeah. theoretical. Yeah. I'm the wrong guy to talk to about this because, A, I'm a pain in the arse, and, and, B, I just... If you say age is just a number, I'm going to have to leave the room. Age is just really a number. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it varies in so many different ways. I mean, I was hanging out the other day. I, I played some golf, and I was hanging out with a handful of guys in their 60s and 70s, and they were just hilarious. They're just funny guys. Well, uh, you nobody know, said you can't life. be funny at age 70. It's just whether you're older or not. <laughs> I'm not saying that they did. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you, if you still have delight in your heart, you know, you're still guffawing and enjoying stuff, enjoying companionship and all. It's a, I don't know. That's, that, that's the stuff of youth, isn't it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I think about this wrong. I mean, my joints hurt all the time. That's not good. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm just not willing to admit it. I think I see your 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 point is why even ask this question? Yeah, that is kind of my point. Um, I am what I am. <laughs> Popeye the Sailor Man, the great philosopher. <laughs> uh, you remember I used to do the two different kinds of Popeye? That was yes. pretty funny. They, can't well, do it in. You can't do it? I don't think I haven't even tried because in Because you're what now? Old. I'm old. old. I can't do my Popeye bit. I thought I saw. I came across a couple of different surveys because I ended up googling it, and there's a bunch of different ones. They vary, but uh, several that said old age starts at 57 on average, which I thought was an interesting number to choose. But and again, Hmm. what does old age mean? I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, yeah, I think I might actually come around to your way of thinking of what's the point of this question. (laughs) Yeah. you're younger, I mean, Sean. Does it make any sense to you to have a point to this uh, question whatsoever? What do you define by youth, right? It's a different age, age of 
stopping to getting hung over every day as opposed to still finding joy in silly things, right? Like, the, I, I think those are those, both of those actions could be described as the actions of the young. One, I think, is much more healthy and acceptable to do later in life than the other. Mm. And or is one of them, uh, you shouldn't wear those jeans. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. You're about to hear a really long clip, which is longer than you probably ought to play on the radio, but it's so damn good. Why? It's fine. Um, It's a Minneapolis area principal of a public school. She got together with dozens of her fellow principals this past week. At the corner of Dowling and Fremont Avenues in Minneapolis to pay tribute to a 17-year-old who had been shot and killed Monday afternoon. The death marked the 59th homicide in Minneapolis this year. Part of the whole city council getting rid of the police thing. And uh, the pandemic and the schools, all that stuff fits into this, this, this rant that has been seen by millions of people. And I thought maybe if you haven't heard it, you'd like to hear it, because I know it scratched me where I itched, and I kept thinking, how come no politician can say exactly what this principal is saying? But anyway, here it is. You know why we're here is because we lost a student last night. We lost a Minneapolis public school student last night who attended Patrick Henry High School. He was not two weeks into his senior year when he was shot and killed right here in this space. And I know for me, I am so absolutely 100% over it. For those of you that do not know what is happening in the city of Minneapolis, let me help you understand. So we literally are in a city right now that is completely and entirely out of control. I, I just, I have to absolutely just say it the way I feel it. Um, It feels out of control. It feels like when I walk into a classroom where the teacher has given up. And all of you guys know the way that classroom feels, right? You know that you'll get that teacher where maybe those one or two naughty kids that won't listen, the teacher just says, fine. They just shrug their shoulders and they sit down behind their desk and they put their feet up and they say, I'll collect this check, do what you need to do. And the whole class goes rogue. That's how it feels to me right now. That's how the city of Minneapolis feels to me right now. None, nothing is making any sense. Everything feels topsy-turvy. I understand completely that I am speaking not just as myself, but as the North Community High School principal. And guess what? I am speaking as the North Community High School principal. I have kids that so badly and so deeply want to be in school. They want to play their sports. They want to get in the weight room. They want to work out. And because of COVID, guess what? They can't do anything. We're kicking them out of the school. We're kicking them out of the weight room. They can't practice. They can't work out. All of these things because of COVID. But just down the street, they see people doing whatever they want. They see tents up. They see hundreds of people just not social distancing. And their law enforcement drives right past it. We're seeing out in the open whole parking lots that are being taken over. Whole, whole blocks that are being taken over. People who have who have substance abuse problems, chemical dependency issues, um, all of these other things, and they are just allowed to be however they want to be, but my kids can't work out? It doesn't make any sense, and the kids know it doesn't make any sense. This absolutely, we have 
We have an opportunity in Minneapolis to try something different, to do something new. And that's to say that we are not going to be held hostage by the voices of a few. You overhear law enforcement in our city right now and they feel like, well, well, the city council doesn't want us or, or well, you know, the people don't want us. Which people? Who? Which people is it? Show me where they're at. Okay, so are you talking about the few, some of them that don't even live here? Are you talking about the people that, that, that don't have to worry about their children coming to a store like this, that live in a different part of the city? Is that who you're talking about? Because the people who I'm around need and want good law enforcement. The people who are in my community need and want good law enforcement and, 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 and have the maturity to be able to say that we need good law enforcement to need and want us. What I'm seeing in my community is that there's not even patrolling anymore. I, I can see outright laws getting broken, traffic laws, people driving right through red lights, speeding, going 60, 70 miles an hour. Uh, my, uh, we got kids on skateboards that are getting hit by cars and nothing, no, what is law enforcement? It's enforcing the law. There is no law enforcement. There is a reaction, so we're out here. So you've got about 50 to 60 Minneapolis public school principals that are out here and, 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 and will hold space. Coming to a city near you, that is an amazing test case of the idiotic, radical notion that the cops are the problem. Sometimes the cops are a problem, but the cops are the problem. And if we just don't have the police, there won't be crime. There won't be violence. There won't be kids being hit on skateboards. There won't be uh, traffic laws being broken willy-nilly because because most people are like us here in white bread heights with our social degrees, and they'll be fine. No, what will inner cities look like without the police? It'll look like the suburbs. There are no predators on the streets. There are no people who only follow the law because they're afraid of the repercussions if they don't. No, the part of that that really res- civilization is effortless. The part of that that really resonated with my son because it doesn't make well, it doesn't make sense. As an adult, you get used to things not making sense at work, <laughs> <laughs> in government, all the time, and you you quickly get past it. But when you're a kid, it, my observation is, you know, when you start running up a thing against things that don't make sense, it really rattles your brain. And the whole, we can't go to school, we can't be together and play sports, but there's all those homeless people over there, or all those people rioting over there. Young people are having trouble wrapping their heads around that. There's Something's not, you know, and it breaks down, the, it makes them cynical. Yes. It, it breaks down their belief that adults have any idea what they're doing. What do you mean we can't be in the classroom? Look at all those people over there. They're doing whatever the hell they want. No, nobody stops them from doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very maddening. Yeah, boy, the metaphor of the, the classroom where the teacher is given up yeah. is, is an apt one. And, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. The, the folks who are so naive or gullible or full of guilt of some sort or another who have fallen for the radicals exploiting any sort of racial tension there is in an effort to tear down the system and, and replace it with a Marxist system. People aren't hip to that. I still hear on uh, NPR them saying uh, this, uh, an anti-fascist organization known as Antifa, as if they're actually anti-fascist. I hear them saying uh, that the, the riots, the assaults on cops, the burning down of court buildings are... Uh, are uh, protests in favor of racial justice. You don't get 
that the wolf has donned sheep's clothing and is uh, saying precisely what it knows you will fall for. Well, I don't know much about that particular Minneapolis area principle, but she is a black woman in education in Minneapolis. I doubt she's a conservative. I doubt she's a right winger. I doubt she's a Trump supporter. No, she's just a woman who observes what's real. And we need so much more of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So much less ideology and so much more reality. Kids can't play sports, can't be in the weight rooms. They look over there, there's a big crowd of people drinking beer, smoking pot, you know, just walking across the street in front of traffic. Doing whatever they want, anytime. But I can't go to school, I can't play football, I can't do whatever. Well, And she hinted at this, she didn't make it explicit, but we all know it to be true. If the kids aren't in school, they're not playing sports, they're not working out, they're not at practice, they're not at... Uh, Boy Scouts or, or whatever organization they're part of. They're not uh, down at the community center playing basketball. The streets will find something for them to do. That's what's so incredibly frustrating about the whole COVID lockdown discussion is uh, people act as if there are no repercussions to what's being done. I'm with Van Morrison and the lockdowns. Here, here. Van the man. Yeah. His new album out. About ending lockdowns. Among other things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought that was really good. Uh, I tell you what, it's frustrating, but you yeah. just, you, you, you gotta keep fighting. You gotta keep making your voice heard. What, what alternative do we have? Give in to the Marxists? I'm not gonna. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Uh, do you want any more of the Golden Globes headlines? Not getting into the details. Just any. You have any interest in this? Best uh, table setting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. I I, I kind of like you know best shows, best movies because it turns me on to something I might right. want to watch. But so, like the individual awards, no, no. not so much. Best TV series drama. So you're watching these on Netflix. We mentioned The Crown, Lovecraft Country, which I don't even know about. The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratched. Ratched. Um, best TV series comedy. The Golden Globes breaks it down in a way the Oscars don't. Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, which looks funny, The Great, S Creek, which it was its final season, so mm-hmm. it was great anyway, and Ted Lasso, which I've heard so many great things about. Ted Lasso is very funny. Yeah. Very good. Really? With, uh, what's his name? Sadokas from uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Jason, it's an mm-hmm. American football coach goes over to coach a British soccer team. It's supposed to be hilarious and have a great message. Seems and, like uh, an odd hire. I've heard people say, you have, watch it with your kids if you think they could handle the show, because it's a, just huh. a great message for a variety of things. So, yeah, I'm just want to check that one out. I read an Atlantic article uh, the other day. Well, you know what I have in front of me? Uh, this gal starts, the, the premise of the article is the pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship. But she starts with saying she's supposed to love Emily in Paris, and she thinks it's terrible, <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, as opposed to Ted, Le- like I, I see a lot of chatter about Emily in Paris, but there's pretty equal. Ah, it's good. I hate it. Ted Lasso. I don't find me a negative thing somebody has said about Ted Lasso. Cool. I haven't seen it yet. I'm definitely going to check that out. But she, these, this article about the pandemic, and you know, I think everybody, everybody knows at this point. You don't even need to discuss it. That there's a. a there's like a haze of discouragement and and to, uh. to that point i'm talking to my doctor yesterday and he said how are you doing with this and that and everything like that and i said ah, you know same as everybody else he said um i have had 
people come in that have never had any mental issues, any emotional, anything ever in their lives, never asked for drugs, never brought it up ever. Mm -hmm. So many patients now, you know, turning to medication because it's having such an effect on so many people after so long. Right. And a lot of it, he said, uh, seems to fit in with this idea that we kind of felt like it was going to end at the end of twenty. Just like you know, the 2020, oh, what could be more 2020 than that? Just a bad One year. One star, and, cannot recommend. Yeah, just a bad year. And it's, it'll be over, and then the vaccine yeah. and everything, and just, it didn't. It's, at, you know, January was the worst month ever of the pandemic. The worst month ever. Um, And it's and it's affecting people. It's affecting their brain chemistry. Yeah. Well, that's clear, and I've been trying to figure out why exactly. And, and we've talked about it a bit on the show. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we used to do that are fun, people are not doing. I mean, that's reason enough. Well, the doctor actually went through kind of an example. He said when you have a threat, you know, obvious fight or flight um, or freeze, uh, fight, flight or freeze. Um, but you deal with that and then it's over. But if there isn't like if the if, if a bear jumps out, you do the fight, flight or freeze. But if, yeah. there, if there's a bear at the entrance to the cave and you're I'm just fighting the bear, by the way, I'm that kind of guy. And you're just hunkered down in the cave <laughs> and you're wondering when the bear is going to attack. After yeah. a certain amount of time, you'll get to the I just don't care. I don't care if the bear attacks, doesn't attack. I just none. I don't care anymore because right. your your brain can only stay at that level for so long. Then you watch the revenant and you think, yeah, I do care for a while. <laughs> just don't let the bear get on top. <laughs> just no, I hear you. you. You can only stay in the. This is a. This is a crisis. We need to be in crisis mode. You can only do that for so long. That's just the way we're built. Right. Right. And then different brain chemicals take over. It's really interesting. So there's that. There's the lack of fun things to do. Uh, I think a lot of us feel lack of anything to look forward to. Yes. The big, exciting things we do. And the reason I really like this Atlantic article is she, she begins the the article talking about how she's a big uh, Georgia football fan. She's a Georgia uh, alumni. And uh, she is, un- sometimes unfortunately, she writes, a person who has spent a good chunk of her adult social life watching sports and bars, both with my actual close friends and with 500 or so fellow travelers at the New York City bar that hosts expat University of Georgia alumni during college football season. I've done a lot of that sort of thing. It is very fun. Um, and And she goes on, she leaps from that to talk about, uh, I thought frequently of other people I had missed without fully realizing it. Pretty good friends with whom I had mostly done things that were no longer possible, like trying new restaurants together. Coworkers I didn't know well, but chatted with in the communal kitchen. Right. Workers at the local coffee or sandwich shops who could no longer dawdle to chat. The depth and intensity of these relationships varied greatly, but these people were all, in some capacity, my friends, and there was also no substitute for them during the pandemic. Tools like Zoom and FaceTime, useful for maintaining closer relationships, couldn't recreate the ease of social serendipity or bring back the activities that bound us together. And then she goes into uh, various sociologists uh, and psychologists who've studied the phenomenon of the different levels of relationships you have in the world, but it hadn't really occurred to me. Yeah, my 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 close family and and some of my best friends. Yeah, we're in touch more or less. But there's that other layer that's just like gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a factor. Sure. It and is. for children, oh my God, it breaks oh, my heart. Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't even hardly think about it. You can't even hardly think about it. Uh, you know, getting back to the te- schools being closed and the teachers' unions and everything like that. You're taking little kids with their little kid brains and their little kid emotions. And they're not getting to interact with all their friends and teachers in person and all that sort of stuff. Needlessly, oh, at my this God. Point. Yeah, yeah, and for no reason. Right. That, that, that should not be left out of the conversation. For no reason. Other than your greed. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the worst things that's ever happened in this country. Michael, how about some transition music? 
A father has been arrested on suspicion of child endangerment after he carried his two-year-old daughter into the elephant habitat at the San Diego Zoo to take a photograph with the animals. Good Lord. Dad thought it would be cool to take his two-year-old little girl into the elephant habitat for a cool social media picture. Wow. The the man bypassed multiple barriers and common sense and purposely and illegally trespassed into the... That's that's not the problem to me, that he broke some law. Into the habitat for Asian and African elements. Oh, fuck. You got to bring the... Got to bring that into it. Whether they're Asian elephants or not makes no difference. Wow. I'm glad there are no white supremacist elephants in there. It was a safe space, Jack, for the Asian and African elephants. The uh, A witness who provided video, and you'll hear the sound again here in a little bit, shows a man dropping the child as they flee the enclosure as a trumpeting elephant charged at them. The man picked up the toddler and was able to get her out safely. Thank God. I don't care if he gets trampled. Of course, then the little girl's fatherless. But uh, Police said the 25-year-old man wanted to take a photo with the American bull elephant. Being held on $100,000 bail. What do you do with somebody that makes a decision like that? Well, this is a difficult moral ground for me. If he had been childless, I always root for the animal in this scenario, uh, the gorilla to tear him limb from limb, the tiger to eat him, the elephant to stomp him into the ground, just because I don't want his genes in the gene pool. On the other hand, he has reproduced, beautiful little girl. I don't know, you know. I want the little girl to be okay, obviously. Uh, let's let's hear the sound again, then I'll fill in a few more details. Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, my God. I can see how the people would be screaming, uh. because if you thought you were going to see a cute little girl trampled to death by an elephant, oh, that's horrific. Yeah. Oof. I don't even want to think about it. No, I don't either. One witness told local TV she heard a woman yelling, Jose, stop, before the man jumped the fence and uh, went through the elephant enclosure. That elephant's going to charge, somebody yelled. We told him to get out, and he turned around, and he saw it, thankfully, just in time. He runs. He throws his baby through the gate, and it's seconds from hitting him. He jumps through the gate and falls on the ground, and then it roared. So he barely made it. The baby starts crying, and people were really mad at this guy, said one person. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, he got arrested and taken off $100,000 bail. The child went home with her mother, who's just got to be pleased with who she's married to. Boy, in your, uh, your more earthy civilizations, a guy like that, they might let him get away with one of those, but he would be on triple secret probation. One more idiot move like that, he'd be cast out of the tribe. Don't you have a natural feeling of you wanted the elephant to stomp him out? Oh, yeah. Just be... Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I think it's instinctive. It's like anthropological. But you, you know, know what I mean? I don't want his genes around. I don't want that little girl to see that. No, no. Is stupid a dominant or recessive gene? <laughs> of course, the guy is 25. Is it like left-handed or blue-eyed or yeah, baldness? Uh, this is an interesting headline. Spanish porn star charged with murder and photographer's toad venom death. Mm. So a pan- Spanish porn star killed somebody using toad venom? Is that a thing? Yes. I've heard of it. How much do you need? And how do you get it into them? Like, can you slip some toad venom into somebody's drink and kill them? I'd imagine, although that toad venom goes through the skin. So you could smear it on them. How much would you I need? Think. I don't know, a toad load. I don't know what the hell <laughs> I know. 
Am I some sort of reptile uh, investigator? I don't know. I've never heard of this before. Have you? Does this happen all the time and I've missed it? Killing uh, people you, with toad venom? Define all the of, time. I've heard of it before. Okay. But I'm not some sort of reptile criminologist. I don't know how much it would take. Toads, it would take enough to kill them. Toads are amphibians, aren't they? They're, are they reptiles? They're amphibians. They are amphibians. That's a, see how ignorant I am? <laughs> and yet you continue to grill me don't be like mean, I'm guilty. Don't be misnaming species <laughs> on this show. I believe that is a genus. A genus? Okay, so I misnamed that. Speaking um, of which, uh, how are your tight genus treating you at this point in the show? I'm, I'm wearing <laughs> exceptionally tight jeans today, painted on, oh, leaving Lord. nothing to the imagination. Oh, God. Because I ordered the same size I regularly wear in a different brand, and in this brand, they're much smaller. <laughs> and I really had not uh, planned ahead for, like, having to try on a different pair of jeans this morning or finding another yeah. pair, so I just went ahead and wore them. But, man, they are skin tight. Cracking your walnuts over there. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what they're doing for my buttocks. I might have to take a belfy <laughs> and tweet it out. Oh, please, turn back around. Stop <laughs> it. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Oh, hey, look, it's Jack. I've been gone for the last hour. You know what? I'm going to change subjects completely. All right. Are you sure? No, but what's the what's the possible downside? <laughs> okay, I just I okay. you, what, 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 oh, no 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 I just I, I'm asking that as a friend and not a co-host. No, I understand. Okay, I understand, <laughs> and I'm not certain myself. Yeah, I don't. You know, as a co-host, I say let whatever you want rip. <laughs> oh, yeah, as the co-host of a show, say the most entertaining thing that could possibly happen, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Right. Um, I mean, because I was going to have to talk about it at some point. I don't know when's the best part. I won't talk about it much, but uh, I am uh, at the very beginning stages of going through a divorce. And if you've ever done that sort of thing with children, you are aware that it is a very, very difficult, painful process. And it's only been going on for a couple of weeks. And uh, I just had a long... Uh, 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 meeting online with a lawyer about it and uh and it's just it's really difficult um i'm not going to say more about that and i will never say anything about uh anything with details i'd be more than happy i'm the sort of person joking to attest to this because i've talked to him on the phone for like two hours just the other day i am more than happy to spill my guts to anybody about my private life for whatever reason i've just always been that way i don't mind telling anybody anything about my private life I don't know why. Some people are like that. Some people aren't. But uh, anybody that's in a relationship with me didn't sign on for that. So right. I don't I'm not comfortable with, you know, saying anything that would involve anybody else. But I am in the process of going through a divorce and it is really difficult and really distracting. And uh, and, and, you know, focusing on my job for the last several weeks has not always been easy. And, like, I just can't jump. I, I just walked literally from our office where I had the computer open, and, and I was in a, with a, 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 what do they call it? Mediation, a mediator. Mm-hmm. Everything's Zoom now, you know, because of COVID, which is actually kind of handy that 
you know, we don't both have to draw, draw, drive to some office downtown somewhere and park and walk in and everything like that. I'm hoping that will become a permanent fixture of society oh, yeah. for, for most meetings. I do, too, and I wonder if it will. But for stuff like this, this was absolutely 100% better to do Zoom. Boy, in all kinds of different ways. I mean, I'm not sure that everybody wants to be in the same room together. So, I mean, I don't mind, but... um uh, but yeah, not having to drive and park and walk in and wait inside the office and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just do it and it was 40 minutes long. But to, so I walk from the office doing that, the most, certainly in the top couple, and I can't think of what they would be, most stressful, uh, lawyer meetings I've ever had in my life. So I just thought I would bring up what I was actually doing and, uh, Oh, I completely get that. And it kind of gets it out there. And I don't know how much I'll talk about it or not. Uh, you know, between the fact that, my wife didn't sign on to have anything about her life shared. I'm not going to get into that at all. And then there's the kids part. So I don't know how much I'll be talking about it or not. But that yeah, is that is what's going on in my life. And it's takes a lot of your mental energy. Yeah. Well, that is a highly ethical and admirable stance. So, you know, oh, I'd, you know, it'd be, you know, I wish I could uh, convince her that, hey, if I, you know, talk about all of this, it will make us both more money. <laughs> we have higher ratings. I mean, that's what that's how Howard Stern did. It also destroyed his marriage. I mean, of course, this one's already destroyed. So what harm would I do? But um, I guess you know her privacy. Again, um, back to the ethics, right? Yeah, back to the ethics. But uh, we've we've known a couple of radio hosts that are willing to share everything about their their families and kids and everything on the air, and it often makes things not good at home. Friends and neighbors as well. Friends yeah. and neighbors, but it's good radio content. I know when I listen to shows like that, man, you can't tune away. Yeah. When they're really given all the facts about their internal dynamics. Well, that's why Jack Jr. was such a uh, a useful uh, character on the show for he's so in, many years. He's in the Peace Corps now. Is he? In Swatswana. That's not, in where now? <laughs> he's 35. Oh, boy. Oh, they grow up so quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but uh, Jack uh, Jr. was, uh, for years, uh, according to some, an imaginary offspring, and so we could talk about him freely and say all sorts of insane things. You but... know, I, I, one therapist uh, said, don't talk about this at all on your job, and I, and, I, and I didn't say anything to her at the time, but I thought, that's just, that's unrealistic. I mean, I talk about my wife and kids so much, it's just unrealistic. I'm not going to pretend that we're still in the same house and married if i'm not yeah lying takes too much energy too well i mean just, you, just you a, can be silent on certain subjects yeah. but that one would it'd be too difficult to dance around it just eliminates too many stories yeah. like for instance if you get into if you've had all your stuff together for years i've been married for well, we've been together for 14 years um and then you get into a new place you got you have to start completely over and you don't even think about the stuff you need until you need it. Like the other night, I don't have a cheese grater. How am I going to grate cheese? I don't have a cheese grater. Oh, that's right. I need a pan. Oh, that's right. I don't have a fork. I mean, it's just all these different things. Wow. I got a shirt the other day. Oh, that's right. I don't have an iron. The things that you haven't thought about in forever, you just all of a sudden need. It's inter- There should be a kit. Maybe there is. Like the full, you're into a new place and don't have any of your stuff kit that you can buy, and it all comes together, which would include a cheese grater and a pan and an iron, I guarantee you. If at I was the making very a kit. least. At the very least. A cheese grater? <laughs> well, yeah. My son wanted um, 
the kind of nachos that mom makes, where she puts a bunch of chips, tostado chips on the thing, and you just grate regular cheese over it, and you put it in the microwave for 20 seconds. I mean, it's like as basic as things it's could the get. the nachos I make. Yeah, <laughs> but they are delicious. But sure. If you, but if you don't have a cheese grater, you're hacking off big chunks of cheese like I was with a knife. And oh, then it's all no, you must just, slice it wafer thin. And the kids said this is not as good as mom's because it wasn't, because she has the cheese grater and I don't. And It's unfair. I don't know about that, but I don't have a cheese grater. Ah, burr. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't have a transition to anything else. I'm just saying that's what's going on. So if you hear any reference to it in the future, that's what's happening. And I'm terrified I might say the wrong thing. So perhaps we could go to break. What could you say that would possibly be wrong? You know the whole story. Oh, I know. You are aware of the entire story. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Joe, Joe knows every detail of the story. Okay, do you want to hear what I was going to ask you? I don't know. Depends on whether or not yeah, it's going to be. See? See? This is why I'm terrified. <laughs> it's fine, Joe. Go ahead and but say You can it. say anything that, that affects only me, but if it affects yeah. other parties, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll ask you off the air, and then you can tell me whether I can ask it next segment on the air. I'm, but by the way, if I, if I sound like I'm not unhappy about this, I'm as unhappy about this as anything that's occurred in my life. I'm very, very, very unhappy about this. Mm-hmm. And it has been the longest last three and a half weeks um, of my life. And uh, and uh, so far, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel of, of being unhappy. But I'm sure there is. People tell me there is. Yeah, um, it's terrible, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. freaking terrible. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Armstrong and Getty.